And welcome to Reim Ahuvim. This is Rabbi Yitz Greenfield, MS Marriage and Family Therapy. I am so happy you are joining me on JRoot Radio. Here's what we do. We try to empower you with skills and tools to be able to bring your marriage, those of you who are married and those of you who are not married, which you will, Bez Hashem, get married. It's a union that we all end up with, Bez Hashem. You will have some more skills and tools to take your marriage to the next level. No, you do not have to have a bad marriage to listen to this show. You just have to have a marriage to listen to the show because Bez Hashem, you will be able to bring skills and tools into your marriage that will bring it to the next level. Now, I want to tell you, by the way, you might not realize this, but marriage is a lot of work. You can't just put on autopilot and just feel, okay, that's it. It's over. I'm not worrying about this anymore. I'm married. I'm good. So I come home, spend a little time with my wife, whatever. We move on. No, no, no. There's a lot of work. There's a lot of challenges. And the reason that there is work and there's challenges is because it's an opportunity for you to connect to Hashem. You hear me? I'll say this again. It's an opportunity for you to connect to Hashem. Most of all, by being mevater and letting go things that bother you about your husband or things that bother you about your wife, those little annoying things or those very big annoying things. You know what somebody just told me the other day? Someone just told me the other day that most he feels that most fights that happen in the home and in, in, in people's marriages are always start over little silly things. And it's always those silly little things that become big fights. And I heard this line many times over from many people that what it's those little silly things that become big fights in your house. And in a way it's true, but in a way it's not true. You see, if you are arguing with the bus driver, if you're arguing with your friend about something silly, it's silly, you move on. But if you're arguing with your husband about something or with your wife something, you have certain expectations of your husband that you don't have of your friend. You have certain expectations of your wife that you don't have from your friend. And I'm not talking about practical. I'm talking about emotional. There are emotional expectations that my husband will be there for me, that I will be his priority, I will be his number one, or that my wife will be there for me. She will be, I will be her priority, and what's most important for me will be most important for her, and what's most important for her will be most important for me. There are certain like connecting connecting expectations. This is a lot uh, what emotional focus therapy is based on. The what? That, that, there's, that it's based on certain attachments. Our marriage is based on preconceived emotional expectations that we are going to be there for each other. And when we don't feel that we're there for each other, when we feel that our husband's not there for us or our wife's not there for us, you know what happens all of a sudden? It really, really hurts really deep down. And the reason it hurts is because we start feeling like he doesn't care about me. And that could be like the worst feeling. So let's go back to that. Is it? Are these fights really over these little silly, silly things? Yeah, they're over silly things. But you know what it is? It's not what he's not doing for me or what he is doing for me. It's that he doesn't care. And that's what bothers me most. He doesn't care, doesn't care about me. Sometimes I feel like he doesn't care about the children. And that's what hurts. And that's hurtful. And I want to tell you, ladies and gentlemen, um, generally, yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm about to stereotype. And not in a bad way. Don't worry. But I'm telling you, generally, it's the women who are feeling more hurt than the men. Generally, I'm not saying that men can't feel hurt. Men are very, very sensitive, sometimes even more sensitive than women. But I'm talking about as far as who's the receiver and who's the giver in the relationship. The way HaKadosh Baruch Hu set it up is that what? The way Hashem set it up is the man is the giver in the relationship 
and the woman <coughs> is the receiver. But when I say receiver, what am I talking about? I'm not talking about receiving as far as, okay, you're giving me stuff necessarily. It's, it's an emotional receiving. Sometimes, sometimes the love language of the woman would be to get stuff. You know, there's a great book about five love languages. One of those love languages is to receive actual items, whether it's gifts, whether it's I got you something, I bought you some flowers, I got you some chocolate. Um, that means most to the woman. I mean, there's not a woman in the world, I don't think, who, who wouldn't, you know, um, appreciate that her husband gives her, thinks about her and gives her some chocolate or some flowers or whatever it is. Oh, gentlemen, you're not sure about that? How, how about you try that out tonight? <laughs> okay. How about you try it out tomorrow? Where, when you go to work tomorrow, think about your wife. Think what she would appreciate. Buy her something small. I, I dare you to do this. I dare you to do this. Buy her something small. And then come back home and say, oh, you know, I was thinking about you. I bought you some chocolate. I was thinking about you. I bought you something. Try that. I'm asking. I'm, I'm like challenging you. Try that. See what it does to your marriage. But my point to you today is what? My point to you today, ladies and gentlemen who are listening to me, thank you so much for listening, is that what? And today's show, for those of you listening, February 8th, 2018. Wow. Live show here. Thank you for listening. My point today is that marriages takes, marriage takes a lot of work, a lot, a lot of work, and it could be very frustrating. You know, it goes either way. Marriage can go either way. Either, either it could be amazing or it could be like horrible. And sometimes within the same marriage, within the same day, you can have a great connecting time and you can have a terrible, terrible distance time. You want to know why? Because, it, because Marriage is so loaded, so loaded because it's like, you know, it's like you're taking nuclear energy and you can take that nuclear energy and you can make it into like light up the whole city or you could destroy a whole city. And that's why marriage, it's a union, you know, we don't even become a person until we're married. How do I know this? Because if you take a look in the, under the chuppah, we say a bracha, bracha tashan, b'chalam, yotzer ha'adam. Hashem who creates the man. Why do we say it under the chuppah? You know why we say that under the chuppah? Let me tell you. The reason we say that under the chuppah is because it is only when a person becomes married that he's really complete. And not just because, okay, you're married, okay, basarecha. No, it's more than that. It's because now you can really reach great heights. You can be like Hashem. And there are going to be things that's going to annoy you. It's going to make you crazy. But you're going to let go and you're going to be like Hashem. And that's what brings good marriage. Just that, that waiting, that time that, you know, I'm just going to let it go. It's really annoying for me. And I'm just, I'm just going to, I'm just going to move on. Now today, today I want to talk about something really interesting, which is definitely in your marriage. And that is what happens when, you know, when, when, when two things. First of all, your, you know, your husband or your wife, they did something which annoys you and you ask them again and again and they just don't care or they, God forbid, embarrassed you or insulted you or attacked you or criticized you or something that really bothers you about your husband or you just, he's not there for you, he doesn't come home on time. Big problem these days where husbands don't come home on time to their wives and even if they, they're, they're coming home, they're not there for them. They're there and then their, their phones are on and it's texting and it's buzzing and they have to answer it. Because what do you mean? Don't we need a parnasa here? So this is a big problem amongst other problems. So what happens when things happening, right? And you try to be mavata, you let it go, you let it go, you let it go. But then you have to negotiate. So we spoke about negotiation, healthy negotiation. That's not fighting. I'm not talking about fighting. I'm talking about communication. 
where you're communicating with your husband or you're communicating with your wife and you want to talk to them about something and you know it's a dangerous conversation. You want to know why it's a dangerous conversation? I'll tell you why. Because your wife and your husband is very dependent on you for their feeling of self. And if you're going to knock them because they care about you, this is the most ridiculous part of it, by the way, because they care about you so much and because they're so much of what you say, even though they're going to deny it, and if you're going to say something negative, they're going to feel bad about themselves. And when they're going to hear negativity, they're going to feel bad about themselves and what they're going to do, right? It's called fight or flight. They're not, they're not going to sit there. They're not going to sit there. They're going to fight with you and show you what you're saying is not true. So there's a way to negotiate. We spoke about how to negotiate, right? It, it's long. It's long. It's complex. But I'll just tell you one quick thing. And that is like this. When you want to negotiate with your husband or with your wife, and first of all, don't negotiate because at the end of the day, try to be mavater because you're definitely, number one, you're going to cause distance between you and your spouse. Number two, there's a 50% chance that you will cause your spouse to put on his angry hat and there's going to be a big, big explosion. So you have to be prepared. You have to find the right time. There's a whole bunch of rules that I set up um, in part of my workshop. We spoke about it previously and you can, you know, eventually you can get it as part of my workshop. But let's skip the the the, the pre-rules and the regulations as far as, you know, entering the burning building. That's the way I describe negotiation because it's really what it is, entering the burning building because it's, it's dangerous. It's very dangerous. So let's skip that. And the basic premise that I always say is what? The basic premise is defend, then express how you feel in a lower tone. Those are the basic premise. Number one, defend. Defend. Defend is it's possible you didn't realize how hurtful it was. Maybe you didn't realize it, but it was very embarrassing for me when you corrected me in front. I know you were in a rush this morning. I know how hard it is for you to come home on time. I know you had a hard day. That's the way the conversation has to start. Are you hearing me? The conversation has to start with that sentence. I know how, I, I know how difficult it is. Whatever it is that you're going to have tightness that's the word I'm using now, tightness on your husband. You're going to have these, you're, you're going to have these pretty much, you know, complaints. It's what it is. It's a complaint. Let's call it for what it is, a complaint for your husband, your wife. What, you're, what you want to do, let me just explain the psychology behind this. What you want to do is you want to diffuse him or her feeling horrible about themselves. I, I know this sounds like it's not true, but it's so true. Because when you're going to come to your husband and your wife and you're going to complain about whatever it is, the fact that he doesn't come home on time, the fact that he's not learning with the kids, the fact that she um, didn't shut off the heat, the fact that she doesn't have the meal on time for you, whatever it is that you can for whatever reason is, you cannot let go, right? When you're going to come to your husband or your wife with this complaint, what's going to happen, I- I'm just going to explain to you the mechanics of this. What's going to happen is, is it's going to trigger their, their, their self-esteem and self-worth to feel really horrible about themselves. It really depends on the stability, the emotional stability of your husband and your wife. And you know your husband, you know your wife, how good they feel about themselves. And generally there are different markers to be able to tell, you know, when people speak a lot about themselves or people want to constantly show that they know more than other people, whatever, oh, you know, they come from a rough childhood um, or, or they experienced, you know, hard times in, in yeshivas or whatever it is, whatever it is. And no one's on fault. We're not blaming anybody. We're just saying it is what it is. 
So you know, depending on the sensitivity dial of your husband and your wife, when you're going to come and you're going to criticize them, really complain. What I should say, when you're coming to complain, they're going to feel criticized and they're going to feel like really horrible about themselves. And in order to lift themselves out of it, there, there's two different coping strategies that I see. Number one is stonewalling. You know what? They just ignore you. Yeah, whatever. And they just move on. And that, that's really horrible. Number two is they fight back. They fight back. And whatever you're going to tell them, they're going to say it's not true. It's not true. It's not true. And that's normal. Do you hear me? That's normal human nature. Don't think to yourself, oh, if I would have found another husband, I would have found another wife, it wouldn't have been like that. No, no, it's very normal. Every human being defends themselves like that. And what's happening here, and I want to explain this, this is very important. What's happening here is not just defending themselves. What's happening here is they're defending themselves and even if they realize what they did was wrong, but they feel that in your eyes you think they're horrible, in your eyes you think that they're terrible, horrible people, and they're trying to show you that it's not so horrible, meaning they have an excuse. They really have an excuse. Don't make such a big deal out of it. Why are you making such a big deal? Why do you always make big deals out of stuff? Now, I just want to tell you something. If you're the recipient of your wife coming over to you with a complaint that you don't come home on time, okay? Or that your husband's coming to you with a complaint that you don't have the meal ready on time. Now, granted, it's true. Granted, it's true that, you know, you were busy with the kids and you went to the doctor. And when he tells you this, you feel so unappreciated. That's really what it is. You just feel, it's a symptom I feel women feel a lot when their husbands complain. They just don't feel appreciated. They don't feel appreciated. So I want to tell you, I want to tell you, you can you have a choice. You can either get into the tit for tat and try to show him how you're really not such a bad person. And try to explain him that you know you were busy with the kids, you had to go to the doctor, there was a million things going on, or gentlemen, to try to explain your wife that your boss wanted had a meeting with you afterwards, this, that, the other thing. I'm telling you, it's not gonna work. You want to say this once, just to explain him what happened. You can try it once. Maybe that'll sort of minimize it. But don't don't go to town on it. Don't go to town on it because it's not going to work. Because the truth of the matter is, your husband doesn't think you're a horrible person. Your wife doesn't think you're a horrible person. All they want is reassurance. All they want is reassurance that it's not going to happen again. So what what's the point, gentlemen, to prove to your wife that you know what, you're really not so horrible. But what do you mean? She thinks I'm horrible right now. She's screaming at me of the fact that I don't come home at night. So she thinks that I'm horrible. My wife thinks that I'm horrible. I have to show her that I'm not horrible. I have to, I have to prove it to her that she's making a mistake. I'm telling you, you're wasting your time. Instead, why don't you give her what she really wants? You know what she really wants? Well, she needs reassurance that you care about her. She needs reassurance that she is your number one priority, despite the fact that you don't come home. And you reassure her that you will come home, Mir Hashem, and that you feel terrible. And if she's complaining to you about something that you've done, and you feel like you had no idea that's going to bother her. Ladies, I'm talking to you too right now. If your husband is complaining to you about something that you did, embarrassed him, um, you know, said something that was hurtful, um, not be there, whatever, one of the pirates, pet peeve, uh, insult, request, attention, Torah, expectation, he's complaining about something, 
So what you have to reassure your husband and your wife is, so first let's talk, first let's talk about wives, okay? Because this is actually different. What you have to, what you have to reassure your wife with over here is you have to reassure your wife that you love her, that you care about her, and that she is your number one priority. Because that's her primary need. So when she's complaining to you about whatever it is, do you hear me? Whatever it is, whatever it is, you have to reassure her, number one, that you appreciate her. I, I, I like to say that. Number one, that you appreciate her. Number two, number two, that you do love her and care about her and that she's your priority. And to reassure her that it's not going to happen again. So she's complaining that you don't come home in time. Instead of fighting with her and saying, no, the reason that, say to her, listen, I just want to tell you, you're, you're, I, I, I do care about you. And you're right. I, I try to come home earlier. I just want to tell you, it's not because you're not my number one priority. There are other things involved. But I, I understand that you don't feel that right now. I understand that. I get it. I get it. And Blee tomorrow or the night after, whatever it is, we're going to make up. I'm going to come home. I'm going to turn off my phone. I'm going to turn off my phone. And gentlemen, you're going to turn off your phone. You hear me? You turn it off and stop worrying about your business and about your work and about, and about yeshiva world and about matzav or whatever else you have in your mind and turn off your phone for a half an hour because it's an investment you're making. And you know who you're making this investment for? You're making this investment for Hashem. You're making this in your relationship with Hashem. And if that doesn't talk to you, unfortunately, then you're making this investment for your wife, which also you should have in mind. And if that doesn't talk to you, you're making an investment for yourself. Because what do you want? A fight with your wife? Is that what you want? I'm asking you, is that what you want? You just want to fight with your wife all day so you're going to get into a tit for tat? No. So reassure your wife. Ladies, I'm talking to you too. I'm sorry. If your husband is coming with a complaint and you feel unappreciated... Whatever it is, you feel unappreciated. Don't go there. Don't go there. Don't go there. You can say to him, I'm sure you appreciate me for everything that I've done. And Blinada, I will try to whatever it is. That's it. I know it's harder for you, ladies, because at the end of the day, you know, if you have a husband who's not there for you and then all he comes is doing complaint, you as a receiver, as a Klee, it's going to be much, much more hurtful. I understand that. I understand that. And if you can't handle it, you can say to him, I really don't want to speak about this right now. This is really not a good time. Let's talk about it later after we spend time with each other. Something like that. And then you know what? You could spend time with each other and you can discuss it later because you still love each other. Just because you're arguing about something or there's an issue doesn't mean you can't be civil. doesn't mean you can't be loving. It doesn't mean that at all. I'm sorry to say that. It does not mean that at all. So what is the way to do it? It's pass- number one, defend. Defend. It's possible you didn't realize how hurtful it was. Maybe you didn't realize it, but it was very embarrassing me for me when you corrected me in front of the children. I know you were in a rush this morning, but when you didn't leave me money this morning, it made my day very li- difficult. I know how hard it is for you to come home on time, but when you, when you didn't come home last night, it made me feel like I'm not your priority. Now your husband, most likely, and this is, this, let's talk about the reaction that you're gonna get when you try to negotiate in a healthy way, I want you to be prepared because I don't want you to think that your husband or your wife is going to say, sure, no problem, no problem. You're right, I'm sorry. That doesn't happen. Don't fool yourself. That doesn't happen. I'm going to tell you what happens. What happens is they're going to defend themselves. That's what's going to happen. They're going to defend themselves. They're going to say, no, you don't understand. The reason I wasn't there last night is because... 
I had to go to a minion or I had to do this. Sometimes they'll give you silly reasons that don't even make sense. And sometimes, and sometimes they're going to give you reasons which sort of make sense, but, but they're still, you know, it's just an excuse. It's all it is is an excuse. And what's happening is that, that your husband or your wife is trying to show you they're really not so bad. They're really not so bad. And instead of getting into a tit for tat, why don't you just ride the wave, meaning don't fight with them. Instead, just ride the wave and say to your husband and say to your wife, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming you. And what about, wait, what, by the way, what I'm saying to you right now, ladies and gentlemen, is so hard. I know how hard it is, but it's gonna, it's gonna yield the best results. It's gonna give you the results that you want. Like, what do you want to do? You want to prove to him that he's wrong? I, I'm asking you a question, ladies. You want to prove to your husband that he's wrong? Cause that's your human nature. Gentlemen, you're the same. You want to prove to your wife that they're wrong and you're right. But what are you going to get out of that? First of all, you're not going to succeed. What are you going to get out of that? Instead, instead, listen to me. Drop the blame game. Just drop. We're not blaming anybody. I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming you. I'm not. It's very hard not to blame. But I'm not blaming you. It's not because you know. It's, ladies, I'm talking to you especially right now. It's not about the who's right and who's wrong. It's about I just don't want it to happen again. Or... I want your attention. I need your attention. Genuine, if you're really interested in me. You know, you show me. I don't have to ask you. You have to show me. So if that's what it's all about, say to him, I'm not blaming you. I, I, I'm not blaming you. I'm just telling you how I feel. When you're not home and you're with others or you're, you're helping, you know, your, your customer, I feel like your customer is a part. I, I understand. I'm not saying, but I'm just telling you how I feel. Ladies, if you can talk like this, you don't know. You're going to change the world around you're so much connecting to Kodesh Baruch because you're being Mavata. And number two, you're not attacking his ego. You're not attacking your husband's ego. You're not attacking your wife's ego. So whatever you say, she'll say you, yeah, I was busy with this, with that, the other thing. Say to her, say to her, Rachel, Chana, honey, whatever you call your wife, say to her, listen, I'm not blaming you. All I'm saying is that if in the future, if we can have this taken care of, I would really appreciate it. Or it makes me feel, whatever it is. Now, gentlemen, if it's a silly thing, don't make a big issue out of it. Really don't make an issue out of it. You can say to your wife, it's a silly thing, but if you could try not to leave the milk bottle on the edge of the refrigerator, when I open it up, it shouldn't fall down. I appreciate it. It's a silly thing. Now, you, you should be Mavata and just move the milk, milk of the orange juice yourself. But if you cannot do that, and the reason you cannot do that is why? It's because it's just happening again and again. It's like constant, whatever it is. Just make it like very simple. It's a silly thing. It's a silly thing. Ruckle, it's a silly thing. And, and again, you can't just say that. You have to, it comes with a lot of precursors as far as the time and as far as the mood, as far as whatever. You know, we go through that. I'm not going that through that right now with you. But I am telling you, men, that if it's a silly thing, it's a silly thing. Leave it as a silly thing, okay? Leave it as a silly thing. Now, here's what I want to say now. What's going to happen is they're going to defend themselves. But before that, what also is very possible, a negotiation pitfall that I call, is that you might, you might, your spouse might feel so hurt with the way that you're talking to them because they feel unappreciated, they feel unloved, they feel uncared for that they're going to try to turn things on you, sort of. This is like the worst type of reaction that you can get, but you have to be prepared for what I'm telling you right now. Even though it's the worst type of reaction, you have to be prepared. That what? That you know what your spouse is going to do? Your spouse is going to say, you know what your problem is? You want to control me. 
That's what you might hear from your spouse. Or, the problem with you is I can never make you happy. You always have complaints. I can never make you happy. Or, the truth is, you're saying this, but the truth is you only care about yourself. Or, you know, you're acting like your father. You're acting like your mother. Or, I don't know why you're being so sensitive. And here's a big one. I don't know why you're being so sensitive. I want to tell you, that comment bothers me personally. Rabbi Greenfield, it bothers me. Why? Because I, mean, I, I don't know why you're being so sensitive. You have no idea what the emotional process of your spouse is. You, you don't know. You don't really know. You don't come from their house. You haven't been challenged with their challenges and tribulations. You haven't gone to their schools and their yeshivas. You don't know what's bothering them. You don't know the physical and, and, uh, the psychological makeup of your spouse. No one knows. No one knows. Even the most, you know, in the best marriage, the most biggest, whatever it is you want to call it. Nobody knows the exact, I don't know. You can't tell your spouse, I don't know why you're being so sensitive. But if your spouse does say this, just know it's a, or any nastiness or rudeness, realize that it's coming from a deep, displaced hurt. What happened really is you put your, you placed a hat on your spouse. That's what you've done. You've gotten them angry and very hurt because they're feeling very bad about themselves. Do not take your hatted spouse seriously. Do not. Do not take your hatted spouse seriously. Instead, reply. I know you don't mean it, but that was a very hurtful comment. I, I, I know you don't mean to say that, but that's very hurtful. If the rudeness does not stop, either let the issue go or make up to discuss it later. Now is not a good time to discuss it. Now is not... A good time to discuss it. Next, create new policies. If possible, try to create a new policy to prevent it from happening again. This is very important. This is very important. If you are able to work things out with your wife, and I want to tell you, if you are on the receiving end of all of this, what I'm talking to you about right now, where your husband comes over to you and tries to negotiate, your wife comes over to you and tries to negotiate, they're talking to you about... The fact that you don't come home on time. They're talking about the fact that you're not being responsible with a certain thing. They're talking to you about the fact that you're not learning with the kids. Whatever it is. Whatever it is, okay? I, I want to tell you, you're going to want to fight. You want to argue. You're going to want to defend. So the person, I'm talking to the person who's, who's, who's bringing up the negotiation. Remember, don't blame. I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming you. I'm just telling you. I'm not blaming you. And just keep that. I'm not blaming you. I know how hard it is for you. I, but if you can do it, I appreciate it. Now, you might get a shtach here and there. Ignore the shtach and move on. Move on. Move on. If they don't agree with you, and it ends up that they don't agree with you, this is an important piece. If your spouse does not agree with you, and instead argues with you and argues with you, and argues, you're not getting anywhere with her or with him, I want to tell you, you still accomplished something. You hear me? You still accomplished something. And what I mean by that, what I mean by that is the reason that you still accomplish something is because, I hope you're listening to this, this is an important piece. The reason you still accomplish something is because they heard you. Even though they're fighting with you, they heard you. And they're not going to do it again. And just to prove it to themselves that they don't do it, they're not going to do it again. You hear? So it's, it's a little complicated, but I'm telling you, they're not going to do it again. Now, obviously, you create a distance. You're going to have to fix the distance. But I'm telling you, it's not... Chances are it's not going to happen again. If the, if you, the discussion was about the fact that you don't have uh, clean washed socks or or your shirts aren't ironed or whatever it is, and she's going to tell you, "What do you mean I do iron them?" You know, back and forth and back and forth. You're going to see all of a sudden your shirts are going to be ironed. Or if the discussion is about your husband, um, 
you know, not coming in on time, and he's telling you he is coming on time, and you're not looking at the clock and back and forth and back and forth. You'll see tomorrow night he's going to try to prove to you that he does come on time. It, it's going to help. It's going to help. Okay, that's number one. Now, that's as far as that's as far as if you feel it hasn't gone anywhere. But if it does work out, so how does it work out? How do things work out? Well, let's go through this. Okay, let's go through this. The perfect way of it working out is if you approach your, you know, your husband or your wife. It's possible you didn't realize how it was, but it, but it was very embarrassing for me when I'm talking to you and you're not focusing on me. You're focusing on everybody else on the table, but like you're, I feel like you're ignoring me. So now he's, he'll say, what do you mean? I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't do that. Okay, listen, maybe you didn't feel that you, that you did that. This is how I felt. See, this is, this is the perfect way to negotiate. You're listening to me. You're listening to me. Be ready for your spouse to deny. Be ready for your spouse to deny the charges. Be ready. Everybody denies. You deny it also. Be ready. So instead of going into a tit for tat with him, instead, what I'm telling you to do, what I'm telling you to do, ladies and gentlemen, is just don't blame. You know, basically say to him, I'm not blaming you. You know, maybe it's me. You're right, it's me. You're perfect, but it's me. And not in a sarcastic way. You know, maybe you're right, maybe it's me. Now, that's, that's a very hard piece to be Mavatar, but ladies and gentlemen, that'll give you the results you want. Okay, maybe you didn't, okay, whatever, it was me. Okay? And just repeat yourself, but this is how I felt. Maybe you didn't do it, but that's how I felt. I don't know, maybe you didn't do it. That's how I felt. Maybe you didn't do it. That allows your husband to apologize. That allows your wife to apologize. And at least for them to say, you know, if I would have realized that bothered you, I would have never done that. And that's the important piece. Yeah, okay, if I would have realized, or to just simply say I'm sorry, the most difficult two words in, on planet Earth. I'm sorry. Just say I'm sorry. Okay. But what I'm telling you, ladies and gentlemen, is that, is that there's another piece over here. And that is concession. Meaning if you have your wife or your husband coming to you with all sorts of charges, they're like complaining to you about this and that, and hopefully it's just one thing, right? Instead of defending yourself and defending yourself and defending yourself, I'm, I'm especially talking to the men over here. I'm especially talking to the men. I want you to think for a second two things. Number one, number one, if you, if, even if you, even if it's not true what she's saying, and you would just give her what she really needs, not, the, you know, the, it's not true, and to convince her how it's not true, because that's not what she really needs. What she really needs is what? It's to her primary needs is for her to feel loved and cared for and a priority. For her to feel that she's your priority and to reassure her and to say to her, I understand that when I'm spending some time, so much time with my mother, you feel that I'm not your priority. I just want to reassure you, tell you that you are my priority. And if I would have known that would have bothered you, I wouldn't have done that. And I apologize. If I would have known, I would not have done that. And I apologize. And to say that to your wife, to reassure her. Because gentlemen, gentlemen, most times, I'm truly talking more to the men now that I'm talking to the women because I see this a lot. Most times that your wife comes with a complaint that you weren't home on time, or you're gonna leave her with something, or or you you you're not living with the kids, or whatever it is, and you're gonna have excuses. If you think about it really deeply, you're not completely innocent. 
I'm telling you, man, you're not completely innocent. Why? Because we're busy. We're, you know, we have, we're very driven. There's something you did wrong. I'm telling you there's something you did wrong. And instead of like fighting with her, find that one thing that you did wrong that you can agree with her, that one point of concession. And if you concede, you're going to see the fight can goes away. If you could just find one point, one point where she's right. Or ladies, I'm talking to you too, because I know, I know it's harder for you. Because a lot of you are not feeling appreciated and loved in general. But if you can find that one point where you agree with him, one point, one point. Okay, okay, fine, fine. I see it's very important for you that I, I hurry up with the meal. I think I have it on time, but you know what? You want to do it faster? I'll do it faster for you. No problem. Whatever it is, whatever it is that you can find a point to agree with your husband, you're going to see the fight's going to go away. You're going to see the fight's going to go away because at least you can focus on that point and you could find a way to agree as opposed to finding a way to disagree. That's what I'm saying. And after you're done with your negotiation, I hate to say it, but many times a fight, and you worked it out, and you should work it out, you should say to your husband, if I would have known that bothered you, I would never do it. That's a, such a simple way of working things out. And Or husband to say, if I would have known, I, I would have never done that. Because you're not going to feel you did anything wrong, right? Because you're never wrong. So, I'm sorry. So, create new policies. It's very important to create a new policy. It shouldn't happen again. Let's make up. If you forget to leave me money, I can call you and you're going to figure out a solution. If I would have known that you left your bank card in your drawer, I would have done that. Let's make up that whenever I come home from shopping and I request help, you'll stop whatever you're doing and you're going to help me. You'll know that I need your help. Let's make up. That if I tell the children something you don't agree with, you're not going to disagree with me in front of the children. Let's make up that if you come home on Shabbos and you see the meal is not ready, you have, you have no problem, I have no problem you making Kiddush and having a piece of cake. It's not going to bother me. Let's make up. It's a policy that we have in our house. And that's part and parcel of a healthy marriage to create healthy policies. You hear me? Healthy policies. Then there's something called I call post-negotiation. Post-negotiation means after you've negotiated with your husband and your wife, and now there's distance, or chas v'shalom, you were fighting with your husband and your wife, chas v'shalom. There's post-negotiation. And what that means is that there's going to be distance now. You're not going to feel close and connected to each other. You're not going to feel like, oh, I love you. No, no, no. You're not going to feel that at all. There's going to be distance. And in order to repair the distance, here's what you got to do. Number one, A, if there was hurt, you should ask whoever, whoever started the whole thing and came with the, with the complaint should go to the other person and ask him if he's okay or if she's okay. And that's very important. Now, gentlemen, sometimes it's not going to be fair and you're going to have to do this despite that your wife brought it up. And the reason I say this is because a woman's hurt most of the time runs much more deeper than a man's hurt. And the fact that you don't feel connected from your, with your wife is one thing. But the fact that your wife feels so distant is a very, very deep hurt for your wife, generally much more than it is for you. In which case, you're going to have to ask her, are you okay? It's so important, by the way. People don't do this after like fighting. They don't come over to each other and say, are you okay? Is everything okay? It's so important. It can help so much. That's that. Next distract, distract, distract by bringing up a different topic. Talk about something else. Talk about something else. 
bring up a different topic and talk about something else. You don't need to talk about this anymore. It's over. And you worked it out, even though you feel like still like what's going to happen after the fight or after the negotiation, you're going to feel very far. You're going to feel like I still like I'm very resentful now to what just happened here. I'm really, really resentful. But don't. Don't jump onto, onto that bandwagon. Instead, remember, your heart doesn't catch up so fast to your mind. Your heart's going to take a while for your heart to catch up. So you know what? Bring up something else. Distract. Talk about, so how's your day? That's a good one. How's your day? What happened to you today? That's the next. Next, bring up genuine compliments. If you could bring up genuine compliments. By the way, I just want to tell you, I, I noticed that you, whatever it is, I really appreciate that. Okay, whatever it is. And finally, leave and just give it time. If it's just nothing to talk about, just leave. Just leave. It's okay. It's okay. Hashem will bring into your life, Ezra Hashem, different, different issues. Not challenging issues, but different issues that you can take care of. It's funny because when a couple just got married, it's a little harder because it's really, there's, like, there's no kids or whatever it is. Whatever it is, you know, it's harder. But, you know, if a couple has children, then it's easier. But whatever, Akash Baruch could always give, give and bring bracha into your house. Okay, now, next piece that I want to talk about is like this. What if you find yourself in a fight? Yeah, Rabbi Greenfield, you're talking about negotiation. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. But what if I try to negotiate with my husband or my wife and it just, it just becomes a big fight? Like I can never talk to him about anything substantial. When you say substantial, you're not talking about. You know, it's funny. When you say substantial, I know you are not talking about substantial that substantial means, um, you know, loving words. It's criticism, unfortunately. But you can't, you can't talk to your husband about things or your wife about things. So let's, let's just play it out for a second, okay? Let's play it out. Let's play it out. Here's the conversation. You with me? Wife comes over to her husband, okay? He doesn't come home. He hasn't been coming home for a very long time. And she needs him. She needs him to help with the kids. She wants to spend time with him. Right, and we're talking about um, generally a healthy marriage, as opposed to marriages that are toxic and husbands are never coming home, whatever it is. Okay. Um, and again, I have to be careful. If you're listening to me now and thinking about your marriage, it's very possible your husband works at night. Whatever it is, I'm I'm not coming to jump into your house, even though it sometimes it sounds like I am. But now I'm just trying to basically say to you: this wife is coming over to her husband. Speak to him about coming home on time. So she comes to him and she finds the right time and everything. She says to him, I know how hard it is for you to come home on time. Remember, she's defending him. That's how she starts. I know how hard it is for you to come home on time. But when you didn't come home last night, it made me feel like I'm just not your priority. Okay. That's what she says to him. Now, what does he say to her? He says to her, what are you talking about? I came at six o'clock, just like you asked me. So she says to him, uh, what? That can't be. I specifically remember looking at my watch when I, when it was six. And then waiting another 20 minutes till you finally arrived. What are you talking about? The husband says, I can't believe what you're saying. I know what time I parked the car. It was 6.03. At which point the wife says, well, you must have been doing something else before you came home. And, and, and you see you're changing it to time from 6 to 6.03. And before you know it, they're in a whole fight. Okay, you're making things up. Yeah, you always make things up. And before you know it, it's a whole big fight. And you know why it's a big fight? It's a big fight because they're getting into the tit for tat. Tit for tat is a black hole. You'll never agree with each other. Get out. Don't say, oh, where's the videotape? I'll show you my phone. Don't do that. Don't, 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 don't go there. Don't really, really, don't go there. Don't go there. Escape. I'm going to tell you how to escape. Here's what you do. 
If it's gotten so bad and has no practical significance, again, it looks like we're in a tit for tat about what happened yesterday. We're not going to agree, so let's just forget about it. And it's an important thing to say. It, let's just, we're in a tit for tat. Let's, you know, forget about it. Just, just, I'm sure you're going to come home on time and whatever it is. And the point is well taken. He'll come home on time. Okay. So just escape. Just escape. Now, um, I understand. I understand you feel I don't care about you because I just want to tell you that I do care about you and I appreciate you. It's just that I have a sensitivity to. In other words, sometimes what happens is your husband or your wife have this need to renegotiate. Like you sort of like your husband comes over to you or like, I don't feel it's a good time to talk about this. So I say this, I say a lot. I don't feel it's a good time to talk about this. Let's talk about this at 10 p.m. Not that I don't want to talk about it right now. That means I'm never going to talk about it. It's not, right now is not a good time to talk about it. Let's talk about it at 6 p.m. Right? It's important later on to realize if you try to negotiate with your spouse and if it's not working and it becomes a big fight and you feel you have to talk about it again, you have to think about why your husband's so upset. He's upset because he probably doesn't feel appreciated. That's probably what he doesn't feel. Okay, now, gentlemen, this this is true for you too. Where your wife many times just doesn't feel appreciated. Uh, many times she doesn't feel loved or cared about or a priority. So when you come back to the t- negotiating table, if you really have to come back to the negotiating table, you could say, "I understand you feel I don't care about you because," but I just want to tell you that I do care about you and I do appreciate you. It's just I have a sensitivity to to the meal being on time. Or I have a sensitivity to, you know, coming home and seeing that the heat is still on. I don't know. But I do care about you and I do appreciate you. I know how hard it is for you. Or whatever it is. If your husband is coming to you or if your wife is coming to you to negotiate, if you see it's not a good time for you or for him, you can say, I understand that you want to talk about this, but right now is not a good time. But always make sure to say, if you like, I can talk to you about this at 10 p.m. And remember, this is very important, ladies. This is very important what I'm about to say. I'm talking really mostly to the ladies. Ladies, if your husband's coming to you with a taina or a complaint or whatever it is, you know, whatever he's coming to you with, I want to tell you, whatever issue he's bringing up, it could have been a big fight. If your husband's coming to you, trying to negotiate in a way where he's not attacking, he's trying to be nice about it, I'm telling you, it would have been a big explosion. He would have stonewalled. When your husband starts talking, it's very normal for you to feel that he's bringing you up that what he's bringing up is not fair, and for you to feel unloved and appreciated, uncared for, you're going to feel really horrible when your husband's bringing about it. And I want to tell you, many cases you're justified to feel that way because many times your husband only focuses on the negative. I understand that. I understand that. But nothing is more important than your shalom bias. Trust me on this one. Nothing is more important. If you need to defend yourself, do it once. After that, it's not about being right. This is not my vart. This is Rabbi Blech's vart from Lakewood. It's not about being right. It's about doing right. And generally, you will not convince him out of it. Whatever he's going to come up with, whatever Taina is going to come up with, you're not going to convince him out of it. Instead, just apologize and reassure him that you will try to be careful in the future. I'm telling you. Just apologize and say to him, okay, I'm sorry. In the future, I'm not going to do it. I'm telling you, it'll prevent machlokas in your house. Gentlemen, I'm talking to you as well. Your, co- your wife is coming to you with a taina. And it's not true. So you try to defend yourself, but it's not going anywhere. Just say to her, 
reassured her. Say, I'm sorry. In the future, I'm going to try. And when you say that, I'm sorry, say, Hashem, I love you. I'm doing this for you, Hashem. And you're going to connect to Hashem and you're going to bring bracha into your house by letting things go. That's the most difficult, difficult, difficult things to let go is when people come to tiny, come to you with tightness, with complaints, and instead of going to tit for tat and proving to them that they're wrong, and you know it's tr- it's true, they're they're criticizing you for something which never happened, maybe happened to drop. I want to tell you, most of the time, there's a little, 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 little truth in what they're saying. I'm talking both to men and to women. You hear me? I'm sorry to say this. I know you don't want to hear this from me, but I'm going to say this again. Usually, there's a little, little, little truth to what they're saying. Because the truth of the matter is, even with the fact that you had a good time and that, you had to go to Dav and Meyerv, but you did spend a little extra time in Meyerv that you just shouldn't have had. Or ladies, you're right, you had a crazy hard day. You had a crazy, crazy, crazy hard day. And, um, you know, your husband comes home at a certain time. For him, he's, he, and he comes, he doesn't eat lunch. He doesn't eat lunch. He only plays a supper. And you're right. You're right. He should eat lunch. It's his problem and everything. But you know that it's important for him. And, you know, you were on the phone with your mother. You could have hung up before. But, you know, you spent a little extra time. So focus on that. Because, you know, no, no one's perfect. There's not tzaddik in the world that doesn't make mistakes. Focus on that and then apologize. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You're going to bring bracha into your house because you're being mevater. And you don't really have to because he's complaining of something that never really happened. But you're going to be mevater. You're going to be mevater. Okay, if you can't do that because you can't reach that level, then you know you can use a fire escape. I'm sorry. If I would have known that would have bothered you, I would have never done that. And that's such a powerful statement. It's such a powerful statement to say that. If I would have known that would have bothered you, I would have never done that. Because you know, you would have never done that. You want to fight with your husband? You want to get on his nerves? You want to fight with your wife? Like if you knew that your wife is going to have a fit attack because you're going to come 15 minutes late, you, would you have done that? Or if you would have known that, that, that it's so, so, so important for your husband to answer his phone calls, even though whatever this, that, and the other thing, you would have answered it. You thought that he understood that it's important for you to speak to whoever you're speaking to on the phone. Now, gentlemen, I, I'm not saying you should like, you know, do this and like, you know, hack your wife about the fact she's not answering the phone. I'm not saying that. I'm just trying to say to you that if you, you, the last thing you want in your house is a fight, is machlokas. So if that means being mevater, even though he's not right, do it anyways. Do it anyways. I'm not talking about being mevater when you're feeling emotionally abused by your husband. I don't like using that term. You know, it's not even a term. I don't know why I just used it. I used it because that's how people feel, but it's not really MS. But if you're feeling attacked and criticized and all that, I'm not saying it should be mavater when your husband is just being a bear all the time. I'm saying he has a taina, whatever taina that he's coming with, this, that, the other thing. If he has his hats on and nothing is right, nothing is making happy, okay, that's a time, you know, either feed him or take a break, say, you know, let him, give, give him some of his own space because he's not ready. Okay, he's impaired. I, I understand that. But uh, as far as everything else, you could say to him, if I would have known that bothered you, I would never have done that. You could say to your wife, if I would have known that would have bothered you, I would have never done that. Okay? That's it. Now, if your husband is asking you to do something that you really cannot do, here's another thing. What if your husband wants you to do something that you just cannot do? Because it's going to be too embarrassing for you. You don't, you don't do that. It'll just be embarrassing for you. It'll be embarrassing for you. Um, I don't know. 
Let's say your husband wants you to dress in a less sneeze way. Not against halacha, but less sneeze way. Right? And you don't do that. So then you could say to him, I would love to do that for you, but I know that's going to make me feel horrible. How about instead, I don't know, find a common ground, find something. Find something, or the other way around. Your husband wants you to dress more tzniyas, and you feel like, I'm sorry, that's, uh, you know, you're gonna feel like that's not who you married, like, hello, get with the program. Right? You could say to your husband, I would love to do that for you, but that would make me feel very uncomfortable. I don't wear skirts up to my, to, to, to my shoe. I don't do it. I don't do it. How about instead I, whatever it is. Jen, but, you see, when I'm, if, even when I'm giving this example, this is like a very bad example. It's a good example and it's a bad example. It's a good example because this happens a lot. It's a bad example because men should really not get involved with their wives' sneas. Same way women should not get involved with their husbands' davening. You know what I'm saying? We should just trust each other on those types of issues. If there's if, if, I know a lot of men when they hear this, they get all upset at me. I'm so sorry. But I, I, I will say that. I will say that it's not your place. It's really not your place. Musar is a very, very complicated parasha. Very complicated parasha. And I've spoken to many, many chashav rabbanim about this. That what? That you are not to get involved in your wife's Torah connection or your husband's connection spiritually with a Kaddish Baruch Hu. If you want to motivate them, it's a different story. If you want to, you know what I'm saying? If you want to tell your husband how proud you are of the fact that he's learning, or you know, um, if you can motivate your husband, say to him, you know, I know how busy you are, but whenever I see you learning with uh, whatever Yichavrusa, it makes me so happy. That's a different. That's different than coming and attacking, right? That's very, very different. But things such as sneers, that's a very sensitive issue. It's not a place for a husband to come tell a wife. If your wife is going against halacha, okay, if your wife is going against halacha, then you could speak to your husband how, how to go about that. But even then you have to be careful. How did you marry her? You know, was she going against halacha when you married her? I'm not saying that she should do this. and I'm not saying that it's acceptable what she's doing. But what I'm saying is that you're not her Rebbe. You're not her Rosh Hashiva. If she has a mechaneches, maybe speak to her. If she has a rav, maybe speak to him. Ask him how you can motivate your wife to change as opposed to tell her to change. Okay? Unless she just, she just doesn't know the halacha. Maybe she just doesn't know the halacha, so you can tell her. That. Even then, I would say not. It should go come from somebody else. I know this is very sensitive to things I'm talking about right now. But what I am saying to you at the end of the day is that if you're negotiating something more neutral than that, such as coming home on time, such as... Um, you know, leaving old food food in the fridge, such as um, such as you've been asking your husband forever to fix the the dryer and it's just not drying because whatever it is. There's a lot of neutral stuff there. You have to use the negotiation method that I that I tell you, and that is what first defense. I know how busy you are. I know you don't have time. I know we're short on money. There's another one. I know how short how short we are on money. It's, it's, it's very hard for me because it takes me two hours to dry the clothing. Because the vent is not, is being, is stuffed. If there's any way we can, we can come up with money. Say that, even we. Even the thing is that, we, uh, where are you gonna get money from? 
if you're not working. Maybe you could come up with money. We, we could come up with money and figure something out. This is very hard for me. It would make me very happy. It would make me very happy. Okay? And that's, and, and, and with certain situations, if you can't do it, you can't do it. Sort of try to even show them that you'll try to accept. You'll try to accept to live without it. But trust me, you bring it up again and again. And in this way that I'm telling you right now, he's going to want to make you happy because every husband is driven to make his wife happy. There's not a husband in the world that's not driven to make, to not to make his wife happy. That's very, very, very important for every husband. So that's what we're saying, ladies and gentlemen. That's what we're saying. We're saying negotiation is a very complex parasha. Many times negotiation becomes fighting. Some of you don't even know what I'm talking about in negotiations. If you just start listening to my shows and you have a lot of fighting in your house, then you might think, like, what do you mean? No, we always get into fights. And then we just try to work it out, but it never really works out, right? Sort of works out. We sort of get the point. No, it has to be done in a, in, in a way where you're defending your husband. You're defending your wife. And if you can't do that, that means you're too upset at him. You cannot negotiate. You, have, you are not ready for this right now. You must give yourself time. You must give yourself time. Then try to be try to let it go. And if you can't let it go because of whatever reason is an atom bomb or it happens again and again, then you negotiate. But it has to be when you're not like, oh, I'm so upset at you. I am so upset at you. I want to kill you. I'm so, so upset at you. That cannot be. You cannot feel like that. I'm so upset at you. You can't feel that. You have to feel more calm and you say, you're probably very busy. You probably didn't realize it. But it made me feel whatever it is. It would make me very happy in the future if we can. Gentlemen, I'm talking to you too. Same way. It'll make me very happy if we could. I'd appreciate it. That's the way that it'll yield, it'll yield results. If your wife is fighting with you, if your husband's fighting with you, that's normal. You know what you do? Let me listen to me. Shift the blame. Say, it's not, I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming you. Maybe it's just me. I'm not blaming you. Maybe it's just me. Even though it's not fair, it's very normal for a husband to be there for his wife. Do it anyways. I'm not blaming you. I'm just telling you. Then you're allowing him room to change. I'm just telling you how I felt. And then husbands and wives, if you hear this coming from that, from your husband, from your wife, don't focus on the fact that he's always being negative. Don't focus on that. Just bring Shalom Bias in your house and say, I'm sorry. I do care about you. I understand that you feel that way. Or if I would have known that that would have bothered you, I would have never done that. Can't tell you how powerful that is. If I would have known that would have bothered you, I would have never done that. And that will yield and bias in your house. And afterwards, and afterwards to make new policies, and afterwards, after that to realize there's going to be distance. You don't have to talk about it forever. You're done. It's over now. You can move on. Talk about something else. Very important. Ask your spouse, are you okay? Okay. 